Hello everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of The Awesome Village. I am Greg and joining me is... Glenn. And John. No Ryan. Um, and there's a very particular reason for that. Ryan, uh, it was his birthday this past week. Yep. Happy birthday, Ryan. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday. Um, And Ryan went on a little trip, so Ryan's not with us today. You know, he'll be back. We'll see him soon in his surliness. He's in the mountains. He is in the mountains. He's mountain climbing. Which uh, kind of makes sense. I always call him a grizzled sea captain because of his beard, but now he's kind of a mountain man. Yeah. With a yeah. He's out there trying to free solar. <laughs> From carbon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're at John's house today, and uh, we actually, like, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of tell you like the the snack spread here is pretty epic because what we have is uh, everything bagel hummus, which I didn't know previously existed. Sabra, you've knocked this one out of the park with some pita trip chips. But like I don't know if the general community we have around here we like to talk about food a lot. The lacy cookies, the almond almond lace cookies oh, yeah. from Rouse's, and almond you might maybe cookies. you might be able to get them from other places too. I just always see them at Rouse's. There, there are yeah, I, L- lacy cookies in general like. Are delicious, but these are like because they're thin. Your brain thinks, "Oh, I can have fifteen hundred yeah. of them," and uh, yeah, I could eat that whole pack. Yeah, evil, evil. So yeah, what did you guys uh, get up to this week? Um, Friday night, um, Felicity went and slept out because me and Sandra, uh, the the school where Sandra teaches, they had a um, their fair was canceled this year. So uh, and in pl- in place they had a. They had a little auction and a spaghetti dinner thing, so we went and, and worked that. Um, the the auction was was pretty gnarly. Um, they they do this thing where they auction off teacher of the day, where um, you know parents could bid and oh their kid becomes the teacher. Yeah, for on yeah it's this Friday, so um, and I don't know some of the teachers they tend to get penny, pretty competitive. Of, you know who goes for the most, and without naming any names, this teacher and. I think it's first grade and went for almost nine hundred dollars. So they were comparing her to Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. Wow. But, um, yeah. I just I like that every one of them, the teachers of the day, they, they do it's all on the same day. So there's yeah. gonna be a day where technically it's like the inmates student, are running the, the asylum. Are running the asylum. <laughs> it's gonna be anarchy at that yeah. school. And I kinda <laughs> wanna go there with We have we have your woman offlander. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, like I know my nephew, it was a different school. Like, my nephew got, uh, like, principal for the day. Yeah, oh, there's principal for the, yeah, there, there's principal. Is that the same day? Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's, but it's. Is there going to be a Mr. Sun for the day? Uh, oh, I don't know if he was on. The, the, the janitor for the day or, or groundskeeper? They, they, they love him. Oh, Mr. Sun's amazing. Yeah. Well, they, they posted. If he wants picture, to come sit in on the podcast, he's just so good. picture the other day. Apparently, one of the teachers had, like, a big umbrella that the wind, like, broke. So, Mr. Sun took said umbrella and turned it into a poncho for himself. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Yeah, Sandra said she sat there and saw him pull out all the all the rods and thing, and then he wore he, he looked like Batman. He did. He's awesome. But um, yeah, they they I guess they, they call a teacher for a day. It's more like teacher's apprentice of the day, I think. Or <coughs> Sith Sith apprentice yeah. for the day. No, they are too. I think it would be awesome if just the teachers didn't go to school that day. Yeah, that, that would be kind of cool. Sorry. So, but yeah, that that was um that that went pretty well. And from what I understand, considering the um. The, the fair was canceled altogether. Just from this one uh, event, they made half of the money they usually do. Damn. Yeah, I was a little bit worried when I saw that yeah. they were doing that. Like, uh, everything's been thrown into disarray with, with all this. Stuff. Like, you know, uh, one of the things that we're running into right now is, is venues for the wedding because 
of like everybody rescheduling their weddings mm-hmm. and things. And then to top it all off, when we're trying to have it, all the festivals are rescheduled for October. So right. the first two weeks, like we were trying to get October 2nd, but like that's the first weekend of Jazz Fest. So it's really hard to find even hotel rooms yeah. and stuff for that night. Well, tell me about it. That's what well, me and Sandra, our, our wedding, we got married on April 25th, which was one of the Jazz Fest weekends. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it's interesting. I like, I, I can't wait to, to travel again uh, after this to get the second shot or whatnot. And hopefully, like, I've been looking. I keep track of all the uh, like the worldwide kind of vaccination percentages. And knock on wood, hopefully that's way that the vaccines seem to be going in the countries that we wanted to visit for the honeymoon. It seems like they're progressing apace. Mm-hmm. So nice. hopefully they'll ease that up a little bit. But yeah, the world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> what, what what do you really say to that? Yeah, yeah. Or, it is what it is. Yeah, or you could just get grizzled and go into the mountains. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't you see Ryan though, like you know, getting a cabin and becoming almost like you know like Mel Gibson? Wolf. I was thinking more Wilfred Brimley. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Him and um, him and Hard Target. Yeah. Okay. He would he would have some Quaker oats and yeah. fight well, diabetes well, monsters. Well, that way he wanted to give her something to drink. Do not spill because of killer brats. Yeah. <laughs> and his only distraction was to blow up his <laughs> yeah. I don't get that. At yeah. all. Well, I mean, it's hard targets. So. <laughs> yeah, it was so. the guy was drinking coffee while eating gumbo, so it's <laughs> so, so the moral of the story is watch hard target. Yeah, that, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Um I have still not gotten to watch any of the episodes beyond the first one of Falcon Winter Soldier so you guys are going to have to basically take me through kind of where we're at now because we're getting you know there's one at left after this one left one left yeah so I'll, so I'll yeah, probably binge up to it and then when watch this episode it. drops we'll have what a, a day because this drops this will drop on Wednesday yeah so then we'll have the Thursday and the Friday that's the finale yeah so um I should be caught up by the time we uh, record next week. I'm going to make an effort to do that. Yeah, like we mentioned last week, episode four was definitely the the best, yeah. I think. We didn't really, I don't think we really spoiled too much, but I, I mean, we won't now, um, especially when we're so close to the end. But uh, everything kind of came to a head last week at the very end of the episode, and this was kind of the aftermath of what happened to that and leading building. up, to, building up to what the finale is going to be about. Right, and um, yeah, uh, I, I really kind of enjoyed this episode because I was thinking of kind of about what we were saying last week about Falcon not really being that interesting and I, I kind of starting to agree with that because Falcon isn't an interesting but Sam really is mm-hmm. just as the the Sam Wilson yeah. character yeah um I mean yeah Falcon just has a jetpack but the stuff with Sam counseling the vets and stuff and him with his community that kind of got this episode right. into was very I thought it was it, this show it's kind of funny for a show like this to say that the most powerful scenes are not the action scenes. Yep. They're the, the character building. Although I will say there was an action scene at the beginning of the episode that was pretty epic. Oh, I wish I could have seen that on the big screen. Yeah. That was amazing. And um, this is the first episode, which, not to give any spoilers, that there's a post-credit scene. Yeah. So, um... There's, there's been some rumors that uh, there'll be a... Char- now, you can just kind of confirm this for me one way or the other if this happened in this episode. But there's supposed to be a debut of a character... That hasn't been seen in the MCU, yes. and that happens. Yes, it does, and it is played. Uh, we won't say who, but I'll just say what the um, showrunner said. It is played by a actor who has won many awards in their career, and they've never been in a comic book pro- movie or series or property before. 
Um, and I don't know. I, I had a smile from ear to ear when this mm-hmm. person showed up. And it's just like one little one little scene that's like a just kind of an introduction. Okay. That's all you really get. Yeah. Maybe more next episode or maybe just more in the future of the universe. Right. Does this particular thing, uh, this is a question, set up anything thing that might have been a, like an acquisition by Marvel? No. Could, like, does it branch out? Like, what I'm asking is like mutants mean, like, or like things no, like that? Or, no, no, not really. No. Okay. I'm not really that familiar with the character, but I don't think it has anything no. to do with X Men or Fantastic. I know a little bit about the character, and I, it's, I don't think. It okay. Has anything about it. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm like I said, I'll probably catch up relatively quickly on this, and I, I plan to be able so we can all talk about the entire run of it. Yeah. Right. Next week. I, I will say again, though, Sebastian Stan is absolutely killing this. He is. So and and Mackie was I thought he was very good in this past episode, yeah. like acting wise, just the stuff. And, that, and much like um, much like a good you know '80s action movie they talk about, there's a training montage in it. Yes, there is. Does it? Do they play Hearts on Fire? They don't play Hearts oh. on Fire, or you're the best around. But either one of them would have been acceptable. In it. And there, there was a scene where, where two of our characters kind of uh, reconnect, and the way they shook hands kind of reminded me a little of uh, Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers. Yeah, Predator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, and I mean, the, they they've talked a lot about writing this show. How they kind of took a lot of inspiration from the the Lethal Weapon movies, and this episode in particular, you could. Definitely tell because it reminded me a lot of like the Riggs Martar relationship more and towards like the Lethal Weapon two and three where Riggs would kind of show up at the house and stuff and he was kind of a part of the family. It, mm-hmm. They had parts of this episode that really leaned heavy yeah. into that. That's awesome. And um, yeah, like I said, I just I, I, I'm enjoying this. I will say y'all are, y'all were right. It's I don't think it's quite as is you know knocking out of the park as Wandavision was, but it's very solid. Yeah. Especially these past two episodes. Yeah. Well, another comic book related show that it's now about. I don't. I don't know how many episodes this is going to be, but uh, it's a comic book that I love. Actually, I had the first issue. I sold it when I sold most of my comics. But uh, Robert Kirkman, the first book he created when he went to Image was this book called Invincible, and it was designed kind of uh, around the premise of like you know being a superhero story, but kind of more as grounded as it could be with what if superheroes were kind of in the real world so there might be some comparisons to the boys in certain respects because it's violent they're curse words and things like that um but it's also really fun and it has some of the same like if you think of it as like the boys and walking dead and as far as sensibilities go um but the story revolves around uh the son of omni-man so omni-man is played by jk simmons and he's a, a visitor from the, the voice cast on this is, is incredible uh, he's a visitor from the planet viltrum and uh, he he came there and, and basically you know married Mark Grayson's wa- uh, mom, played by Sandra O. Oh, and Steve Young plays Mark Grayson, Invincible. And basically his entire life he's you know, about to turn eighteen. He's he's you know wanted powers he hasn't gotten them, and finally he gets his powers. So he's embarking on this like his kind of career. And that's where the the episodes that I've seen so far are kind of taken us. That's exactly what ba- basically yes yes. Uh, Think of that only with a lot more cursing and, and violence. Um, but there's something that happens at the end of the first episode. I won't ruin it for people because I remember it in the comic how shocked I was when I saw it. Um, it's just as shocking. Uh, but it basically sets up where all of a sudden Invincible doesn't have time to train. It's going to be like he's got stuff he's got to take care of. He has to kind of step up a bit. Uh, it also combines a lot of uh, other characters. So like, while this is happening, uh, the normal team that takes care of stuff is kind of sidelined. So uh, the, the the teen team he, that Invincible joins or, or hangs out with kind of steps things up, and there's a, a cast of characters. Adam Eve is played by uh, Jillian Jacobs, 
uh, Rexplode is played by uh, by Rafi from the League, nice. <laughs> um, which is awesome to hear his voice. And uh, you also get uh, Zachary Quinto as uh, Solid. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as, as robots. Um, but the the other bit of casting that I thought you guys were going to really enjoy. There's a character that runs like kind of like the government paranormal, like you know, supernatural kind of division, or not even supernatural, but it's like the government weirdness division and uh it's his name is cecil and he's played by walton goggins oh nice um but the show is like real like i it's a good adaptation of the comic uh and if you like the boys definitely give it a watch uh right now there are six episodes that are on i don't know if the first season is going to be more than that or not they had initially released three of them and they've been doing them weekly so but uh it's all it's beautifully shot uh the artwork's really good um, and I think you'll find some funny things uh, in it. They kind of <laughs> there's a lot of superhero tropes they kind of turn on their head, and that's what the comic was famous for. It lasted about 173 issues okay. uh, and before he kind of he concluded the story. So I'm interested to see what they can do with this on on the big the the small screen, so to speak, because I really got a kick out of it. So, yeah, so this one's Seth Rogen. He's one of the, he's like the yeah Seth Rogen producer, like right? a producer. Uh, he actually plays a, a, a character from the comics called uh, Alan the Alien, and uh, he's he's funny. I actually just finished that episode with him in so, it. So he's having quite the little run because what he did Preacher and then The Boys and now he's doing this. Well, right? I I love like it's a Kevin Smith comic book fans that get comic book properties produced right. like and I, I like that Seth Rogen's not all like I have to star on all these things. He's just like I want them to get made. Right. Yeah. Like I, I think Kevin Smith to a degree is the same way. He's like, I don't care what happens, just get, you know, someone. It gets someone to make a Daredevil movie. It gets someone to make a this kind of movie. Right. So, um, but actually, I'm kind of really excited to hear about this because uh, I actually listened to the interview of John Stamos on Howard Stern this this week, and I've seen the trailers for this show, but I hadn't really gotten to watch it. But but Big Shot. Yeah, I watched that today. Um, so this is a new Disney Plus show. It's actually... Is it based on the Billy Joel song? That's the first thing I thought <laughs> of when I saw it was on there. Um, it's actually a show by David E. Kelly. So um, oh. uh, so if, you, if you're not familiar, back in the 80s and 90s, he did like L.A. Law and Allie McBeal and was The Practice. Yeah, the, uh, Boston Legal? Bo- Boston, yeah. And then he... Didn't he do uh, Boston Public, the school? The, the, yeah, the... the I, we, we loved that yeah, show. Yeah, Mickey Cat, right? Yeah. yeah. But... Um, but this is his, This is one of his first real kind of forays into like more of a family friendly. He's also kind of, Mr. Michelle Pfeiffer. He certainly is. Well, um, this is a new Disney Plus show. Just the the one episode dropped this week, so it's just the pilot's the only one available right now. Uh, John Stamos stars as Marvin Korn. He's a um, basketball coach, which he's a, a kind of a a bad boy NCAA. I think he teach he coaches at Wisconsin. And the opening kind of montage of the show, he um, he has some anger issues and he ends up attacking a referee when he didn't like a call. And then he's brought into his agent's office and he's, you know, dismissed from his job and he, he's trying to figure out kind of where to go next in his life because nobody wants to hire him because this was a highly public publicized breakdown that he had on the, on the basketball court. So... Um, <coughs> They said that he's uh, been offered a job coaching this uh, high school team in uh, San Diego of this like prestigious private school, this all girls private school, and he, you know, doesn't want to do it. And the coach, the, his agent, kind of convinces him, "Look, no one's wanting to touch you right now. Go here, you know, kind of 
it's a step down, but if you do this and you show that you have some humility, you know, maybe you'll get back to college eventually. So begrudgingly, he does. He goes and he becomes the coach of this all-girls school. He's uh, kind of he butts heads with the principal, who's played by uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, and um, the uh, assistant coach is an actress named Jessalyn uh, Gilsing, uh, which she was on Nip Tuck. If I remember, she was um, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, Christian Troy's baby mama. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Gina, I think was yeah. her name on there. And um, it's actually a very charming show. Um, She's the one that he had sex with on top of the building, and then she fell off the building. One of the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how she died. I, uh, th- this, the show, the, the, from the trailer and the, the premise and everything, it sounds similar to me of, of the, the show that... Matt LeBlanc was filming on episodes. It's, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, which, I mean, by me the, describing the plot, it sounds very formulaic, but I don't know. Stamos is so charming, and I don't know. The way that David E. Kelly writes it, it's almost like. I mean, uh, this, it's a weird comparison, but it was almost giving me a little bit of kind of Veronica Mars vibes with the. Like the the whole thing with the Niners and the you know this the, the the way that the town is and this prestigious school that he's at and um, him you know trying to deal you know how to talk to to high school girls instead of um, these uh, you know uh, college athletes that he used to and then um, like he's starting to have a, kind of a relationship with his daughter that he really didn't so it's it's definitely aimed more younger than David E. Kelly's other stuff, but it's still very charming. At least the pilot was. Um, so it comes on Disney+. Plus. It's It was only like 45 minutes. So I'd recommend checking it out. Uh, I'm going to give it the three-episode rule, definitely. But so far, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty impressed with with the outcome. And, I mean, all the girls were pretty good in it, too. I, I didn't really recognize any of them. But for child actors, they were, they were all very solid. Cool. Well... In film, we have a couple of uh, things to talk about. Uh, you messaged me the other day, Glenn, about this, and I really wanted to watch it, but I didn't get the chance to. And now that you told me that it's a, technically a sequel to The Captains, I am more upset that I didn't get to watch this. But Chaos on the Bridge. That's right. I just all right. So I was watching a YouTube channel, and it was just it was something about Star Trek. Uh, ever since First Contact, they they you know announced a bunch of stuff. So I've kind of um, you know been going down the rabbit hole watching old videos of uh, you know different Star Trek things. And there was a, a thing about famous feuds in Star Trek, and somebody just in the course of the video mentioned, uh, uh, if if you want to, if you're interested in this, you should watch this documentary called Chaos on the Bridge. And I never heard of it, so I looked it up, and apparently this is a documentary written and directed by William Shatner, and came out in 2014. Um, if you want, if you're interested in watching it right now, it's free on to watch on Pluto TV. If you have that, for, if you have that, it's a free free service. But I mean, you could find it on iTunes or just about anywhere. But um, so this is a documentary that Shatner made, and it's all about the struggle that they came up with to create Star Trek: <clears throat> The Next Generation in the '80s. It's it's a lot about the back and forth between the writers and the creator Gene Roddenberry. In fact, the documentary kind of goes through the point until Roddenberry passes away, and you know the handcuffs are. It's uh, you, you. You say that, but like I know what you mean. Like he had very weird rules in place, right. and you can actually tell in the show when his influence starts to slip. 
Right. Because like his his whole thing is he didn't everything had to be resolved in the same episode. You couldn't have multi part episodes. With with those rules in place, you don't get best of both worlds. You don't get. And the way that Gene Roddenberry described it to them when because he said that you know it really put handcuffs on the writers. He said that because he didn't want any kind of conflict between characters, and they said they were like Gene, how are we supposed to write an interesting show where the characters <clears throat> don't. In the conflict, that's what everyone loved about the original. The you know Spock and Bones were always going back and forth with each other. And it's cold volcano logic, <laughs> exactly. And Roddenberry's response was, "Well, think of humanity as a uh, a person, and back then, you know, they're still in, uh, they're still a toddler, so they're three years old. They're still worried about what's mine, what's mine, what's mine. And by the time we get to the next generation, you know, now you're in, uh, you're in your, your early twenties, and you've moved on from that." And like he was just kind of bizarre. Um, no, no conflict once you reach your twenties. <laughs> apparently. Wow. But, well, be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the 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 people that Shatner um, interviews in this documentary, it, they're great. It's all the a lot of the writers, a lot of the actors. There's a a very entertaining segment when they talk about the whole genesis of Patrick Stewart getting cast as Picard because. Roddenberry hated this idea. He really did, yeah. And he wanted this actor that played, um, he was the dad in Gross Point Blank, and he was the general in Lethal Weapon. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know he's on Yeah, that's who he wanted to play Captain Picard. And he didn't want a bald man, so there's this whole thing where Patrick Stewart had a toupee, and they had to put it on the Concorde to fly it in for his audition. And he went and auditioned, and he needed to audition in a French accent because... Uh, Roddenberry was very firm that he wanted this character to be based on Horatio Hornblower, and apparently they wanted after his audition, like a few people were convinced, a few people weren't. And when they had him come in the second time, he had already taken his toupee off. And when they said when he came in without his toupee on, Roddenberry's like, "Oh, whatever. By the time we get to the, that point in the future, no one's going to care if you're bald or not." So um, it was it was very bizarre, <coughs> but um, it's. A fascinating documentary. It's it's only an hour long. Um, Shatner, him going back and forth talking to um, to Patrick Stewart and to Jonathan Frakes. Oh, the scenes of Shatner and Frakes talking together. That must be a fun night drinking. It just because uh, they were talking about how um, <laughs> Patrick Stewart was the Shakespearean trained like theater actor, and he's like Frakes and the rest of the the, the crew. They were all like these television actors and he's like we were singing we were dancing we were having fun and patrick was like waving his fingers at us and saying that we were yeah, yeah we need to be professional yeah yeah and they, they eventually got him to light up it's a lot like picard in the show right and then um and then when he was saying that shatner was like you were dancing and he's like oh come on bill don't tell me you didn't do that and he's like i didn't <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just it's very if you could find it like i said it's free on pluto tv it's it's only an hour long definitely find this and check this out if you haven't seen it i said i hadn't even heard of this but it's did a I, lot of did i ever tell you all about the really awkward jonathan frake story that a, a guy that i used to work at blockbuster with had it's, he, he was doing some kind of it was like not a comic con maybe it was a Star Trek convention or something like that this guy that I worked with I'm not going to name any names or whatever this was this really strange guy anyway and he was telling me and he said he was so embarrassed because he got so nervous he said what he said so he was there he got a job working at this thing and Jonathan Frakes was there doing a, a, a little you know a, a, not a set but you know a panel or whatever and he was there and he was kind of cleaning up stuff afterwards and he'd been so like just so nervous around Jonathan Frakes because he's a celebrity you know and uh, he was he wanted to introduce himself and meet him and Jonathan Frakes just came behind and said something like uh, 
man, I really think I'm starting to get a cold. And the only thing somehow that came out of this guy's mouth was, man, I guess you're not going to be uh, not going to be masturbating in your hotel room tonight. <laughs> Jonathan Franks apparently just like looked at him and just kept walking. And I was like, I was like, why would that even come out of your mouth? And he's like, I don't know, but that's what I said to Jonathan Frakes in the one time that we actually met each other. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I bet you Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes probably remember. remembers that. He probably doesn't remember that. But, How um, could you forget that? Yeah. Some random dude saying that to you. But, but yeah, definitely it's called yeah, definitely check wow. chaos on the bridge. Um, and I will say it's not a whole thing of them bashing Roddenberry because that's kind no. Of I, I, again, I, I think Roddenberry, like to your point, Roddenberry got to that point in his life where he was like, it's it's a lot like when someone's on the cutting edge and they get later in their career and they try to like they become more conservative about their right. their creativity. Um, Bob Hope, I, I think, would be an example of that. Where he was kind of cutting it, and then he became kind of, right. you know, Jay Leno in his Tonight Show career. You get you get those kind of things. Um, but I think that like TV changed from the '60s to the '80s as well. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, one thing that they did say, <laughs> to his credit, when they turned in the the pilot, which was called Encounter at Farpoint, Paramount saw it and said, "That's nice, but we need it to be a two-hour premiere." And they said, in over a weekend, Roddenberry went and he created the character of Q and put that in there to make it a two-hour premiere. So, I mean, he, it, it's, it's complimentary, to, but uh, he was just a strange man. And just, I'd recommend this. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. De- definitely, like, a, he's a visionary, um, but visionaries tend to have that thing where there's a disconnect from, I guess, not even reality per se, right. but, like, he, he yeah, he, he, it was his baby. Like, I know that we wouldn't have... If Roddenberry had survived through the Deep Space Nine times, we probably wouldn't have had Deep Space Nine right. be the ten episode story arcs that it was, and you know all that kind of yeah. Love love Eugene, but uh, yeah, I, I, I love the end of the next gen and, and Deep Space Nine more. Not, not more. I, I'm shutting up. I'm, I'm really gonna upset Bruce. I think at a certain point, and it's kind of, Bruce. I'm sorry. I was trying to be like insightful, and apparently failed on many levels. Um, Kid ninety. So, yeah. We, we both saw it. Yeah, we both watched Kid 90. <coughs> Kid 90, it's a very interesting little documentary on Hulu. Um, it's about Soleil Moon Fry, who was, you know, Punky Brewster oh, wow. when she was a kid. And apparently when she, was a, when she was a kid and a teenager, she had a video camera that she brought with her everywhere <coughs> and recorded everything all the time. And she, wow. And um, when she would hang out with all of her, her friends that were kind of like, you know, kid celebrities back then or teenage celebrities, all just them hanging out and... Um, she had all kind of journals and stuff, and, and she kept all these old voicemails and all of a sudden she never threw anything and kind of had it in a time capsule and decided to open it and make a little documentary about it. And um, it was very, very interesting. Just like and all it, the stuff that she... It was easy to fly through. It, it wasn't through, yeah. that long, yeah. And um, yeah, it was just about her growing up and just like the pressures that she had when she was a kid. And um, apparently she, like she started, she said she... Right after Punky Brewster, Brewster, she started developing like really quickly, and like when she was like sixteen, she like went up to a size like double E or something like that. Yeah. And then she she decided she got very you know just kind of depressed about it and self conscious, and she went and had a. Um, Cause what were the press calling her, Punky? Bo- Punky Boobster. Yeah. They were, they were wow. Calling her. And um, so she went and had a reduction, and then uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was basically just that, and just her realizing, looking back at a lot of these things that they were. A lot of her friends back then that really needed somebody to kind of talk to and someone to listen to them, and nobody really noticed what was going on. And as they go on, they and they show you by the end of the thing, there's eight people that were like good friends with her or whatever that either OD'd or committed suicide in her life. Like Jonathan Brandis. I was to say Jonathan Brandis. He was in there a good bit, yeah. <coughs> um, 
There was a couple of the guys that were in the movie Kids. Um, yeah. Um, I think they both OD'd. I'm not sure. Actually, actually, I think one of them might have just committed suicide. Yeah. One and the other one that said the other one had a, a cocaine-induced heart attack. Right. I think died. one might have hanged themselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. And I, apparently, one of them was um, uh, Stephen Dorff's brother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Which I did, when they were interviewing Stephen Dorff and they were talking about his brother, I didn't realize he had a, I didn't a famous either. brother. And then. And he, he was a musician. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brad Dorf. No, no, what am I thinking of? Um, I forget what his name. I hadn't actually. I hadn't, he hadn't even heard of him when I when I saw it, and I didn't recognize him. But yeah, he was apparently some kind of musician. But apparently, was, the the Star Trek wires got crossed, and I was thinking of Brad Dourif. With, with that, yeah. Oh, mm. Dourif, yeah. Mm. Chucky. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh. Andrew Dourif. Andrew Dourif. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, and there's a lot of interviews in there with uh, Brian Austin Green and. And it was it was kind of funny listening to him because he sounds. I mean, I knew he was very kind of douchey back then when he was a kid. And he said, you know, he growing up, he'd always like listen to hip hop, and you know, so he was going to make an album, and that's all he knew. So he was going to make a hip hop album. And when it came out, and he said, and the reviews were not good on it. He's like, that was the first time I really realized what there's a lot of people that don't like me. And he's like, and that's kind of hard to put on somebody that's kind of yeah. And uh, it was Mark Paul Gossler. Mark Paul Gossler was in it. Um, David Arquette. David Arquette. Um, Balthazar Getty. Was in um. I'm trying to think. Of the, the full Teen Tiger Beat uh, yeah. cast. <laughs> Apparently, like, her first, like, real, like, romance or whatever that was was with Charlie Sheen. And she played a bunch of the voicemails from him, and they were hilarious. Because it, it would always be like, hey, Sloan, this is Charles calling. <laughs> and it would just be, like, this very, like, serious. Well, didn't she mention she lost her virginity to I Charlie think, yeah, Sheen? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, didn't she, did she date Seinfeld? At one point, I Maybe. thought... I don't know. This this is really just all about, no. like, in the early 90s and, and late 80s. And I all think, the kids right? she the hung kids, out with. And the kids she hung out with. And then when she kind of stopped doing all the stuff in California and she moved out to New York to, to go to college, and then kind of the new group of friends that she got out there. And, uh, yeah, it was it's very interesting, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me and Sandra watched it. It's, it, it was a very easy watch. And like yeah. you said, it was very... Especially if you, you grew up kind of in the 90s. Yeah. Or, um, you know, it's... A lot of the, the the faces that you see in it, you, know, you kind of forget. Oh yeah, there were yeah some pretty popular people back then. Right, and especially like after watching, I thought this did a better job of um, showcasing some issues than the Britney Spears documentary. Yeah, definitely. Of um, definitely. kind of sexualizing these young kids. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, it might be because you're seeing it kind of from the point of view of the girl. Yeah. Because it's, it's you know the way she recorded everything, you're kind of seeing firsthand. Accounts. Yeah. But um, it's. It's it it's a timely topic because yeah. of all the stuff, but um, it's uh, it's on Hulu. I would definitely recommend watching it. It's not like I said. It's <laughs> maybe only like what an hour fifteen minutes yeah. of that. Yeah. Well, that's um, it's going to be on my list. That's something I'd like to see. I had no idea when you said the title. I was like, I I don't. But I had, I had no idea this existed. So, um. Now I will tell you that. Mortal Kombat yeah. um, is coming out on, well, as a, a film, a new film yeah. the new, version yeah. of Mortal Kombat. It's released in theaters and on HBO Max at the same time. And I, I'll tell you, it looks very, uh, very much like if, if you were to film the game, because like the, the game was known for its blood, gore, and, and violence, and this doesn't really shy away from it. However, I don't think Johnny Cage is in this movie. No, I think there's like a, like a composite character that they're having. Well, no, so. I think they mentioned they were saving him for a, one of the sequels. Oh, cool. 
Um, I remember really when the trailer came out, and I was like, oh, jeez, this is a Mortal Kombat movie. Whatever. Let's watch. I guess I'll watch the trailer, and I watched it, and I was like, was it just me, or was this kind of awesome? Yeah. <laughs> Sub-Zero freezes blood in the air and yeah. stabs someone with it. Yeah. And you get to see how Jax, how he loses his arms yeah. to get his mechanical, his, his, his double uh, Winter Soldier arm. Yeah. Well, needless to say, like as video game fans growing up, we we were excited whenever one of these properties would get turned into a, a film. However, we've also had a lot of disappointments. A lot of disappointments. So what we would like to do today is we would like to decide via a tournament what was the worst video game movie. So normally we tell you what the best was. We're not going to do that today. We're going to go through, and some of these and, might and, not and be... That be a short list. Right. Some of these might not be bad films per se, but... Um, Most of them. But, but most of them are, yeah. Like there, there's a, a string of really shitty movies. Yeah. So um, we're gonna basically go around and each nominate, um, you know, nominate one or two, or, or five. At, 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 I think at this point, but uh, we'll kind of go through those and uh, we will see what uh, you know. We'll, we'll, then we'll we'll kind of turn them in it out and see what's the worst uh, film. So, Glenjamin, I think I think we'll, we'll have you go first. Okay. Well, um, I'm gonna start us out and. For, for a little background, um, many years ago, I, I had a little kind of part-time gig as, as, a, as a film critic. I already know what you're writing. And um, I didn't give a lot of a lot of Fs when I, when I would review these these movies. Um, you know, I, I wrote for uh, Tiger Weekly and Baton Rouge. And, yeah. Um, I was your editor. Yeah, John was my editor. They also printed my stuff in um, Ohio and in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, I saw this movie and I was excited to go see this film. Uh, it starred Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Carla Urban, and it was called Doom. And I just remember watching that movie in the theater, mind you. And um, no, sir, I, I didn't like it. And <laughs> thank you, Mr. Horse. And um, I always, whenever I would review a movie that I didn't like, I would always try to find some kind of positive thing to say about it, and I couldn't find a damn thing. So. That was the, one of the first, that might have been one of the only Fs I ever gave. And I remember on the message board, somebody telling me I just didn't get it because the movie was actually based on Doom 3. I don't know how that made the piece of crap movie I saw any good, but... Um, so yeah, I'm going to start this whole thing off by... You, you don't get it? Natural <laughs> Doom, which, yeah. yeah you you want to you say the quote from the film, John? Yeah, so they're all they're all Marines in it, right? And yeah. uh, at one point, the the Rock's character has got I, I can't even remember, was it some sort of virus? What, what was it? That was it was, was it some sort of super soldier serum? And it was making something? them all like crazy, like almost like not zombies exactly, but just like they just wanted to kill everybody. Like the rage thing, almost. And yeah, and like it was. I guess this was just supposed to be like a tagline. And the Rock just breaks through a wall and looks at Carl Urban and goes, "Semper Fi, motherfucker." And uh, you could hear everyone in the theater just go. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Wow. It was not good. <clears throat> my uh, my first foray into this is going to be a little film that uh, I was so excited to see as a kid. I, I remember I, I saved. I know where you go. I saved all my my my, my pennies to to go. My, my I made my parents take me, and I went to go sit and to to be transported into the world of a video game and what I got was Dennis Hopper uh, as King Cooper which he, he wasn't the, the worst part of that film Bob Hoskins is inspired he looked like Mario 
And I had John Leguizamo, and I had a real big crush on Samantha Mathis. And I will say, like, effects-wise, Yoshi looked really good. Yoshi, Yeah, Yoshi was an actual fucking dinosaur. <laughs> but Super Mario Brothers, uh, universally, Bob Hoskins had said that that was the worst fucking experience on a film. Like, he, he hated making that movie. And you can tell it was people who basically, like, just didn't really, like, research the game much. There were some elements from it, uh... Like you get to like basically like there was a meteor that like separated dinosaurs from people and it wasn't like they really were extinct but they were just they evolved in another area and Cooper wanted to merge the worlds and so you got mushrooms and you got bombs and bombs other shit the Super Scope Six the Super Scope Six was used yeah you had Goombas I guess <laughs> um it just it was it was a really weird thing and the Goombas were these little mushroom guys in the game this was like this weird big kind of like uh-huh. fat Russian soldier with uh-huh. a tiny little like, like a shrunken like head like a Beetlejuice head like a Beetlejuice shrunken head like, it was really weird who thought that was good and there was a whole sequence with with Bob Hoskins dancing with a woman who was supposed to be the fish like the, the big Bertha fish from the 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 games and he's trying to get this necklace off of her and he motorboats her. Uh-huh. To get it, it was just weird. As a kid, I was like, "I, I want to know Mario." And do you remember the reveal of the last name? Yeah, <laughs> they're called the Mario Brothers because their last name is Mario. Right, Mario, 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 Mario and Luigi, Luigi Mario. Mario. <laughs> That's thought, some dumb shit. Who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense because, like, you wouldn't call it. It's like you know, you, you guys being brothers and calling you the Glenn Brothers, but like. <laughs> But I, I don't know. It, it, yeah, that movie. Yeah, your right. turn, John. So, so one of my favorite video games, and this was a little bit later on. Uh, it was after you know after the the original Nintendo. It's Street Fighter Two. I uh, I yeah. And, and then they made a movie out of that, and I was so excited. And remember when they me, announced the cast. The cast. It was Jean Claude Van Damme was was Guile. I don't, and I, that's that's weird right there. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it's, he's an action star. I figured they maybe do something with it. And and uh, M Bison was a uh, Raul Julia. Raul Julia, yeah. It was just, and it was, he had just come off of some like very. Was it Adam's Family? Well, Adam's Family, and he did some movie for like I think it was an HBO film, and he won a bunch of awards for for it. Yeah, I know he was he was sick at the time, so he was a little gaunt. But I will say this though about that film. Raul Julia's performance as Bison is not one of the negative things no, about that not. film. It's He's just, kind of a good villain, but it's just, a it's weird, just everything weird else. Movie, and I feel like there's better story in the actual video game, which has no story. Well, much. they they did an anime of the the the, the Street Fighter Two game. And an anime, like five minutes of that's better than the entire yeah. movie. It does give us some wonderfully cheesy lines. Uh, yeah, I will say over the years that movie is it's, it's awful. It definitely deserves. It's to a cult level. classic, though. But it's like it's almost gotten it's to the to the stratosphere of the like an Ed Wood thing where it's so bad it's entertaining. It's a comedy. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, you know, <laughs> hello Bison, it's the Ripple Man. <laughs> Your ass is six weeks overdue. <laughs> And was it the, the guy that played um, who's it? Zangief? What, like aren't that they, was that was Chip Shrek, right? wasn't it? Yeah. And aren't they like watching some computer monitor, like a surveillance thing? And when Van Damme's troops are showing up, he's like, "Quick, M. Bison, change the channel." <laughs> 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 I 
And don't forget Charlie Blanca. Charlie Blanca. <laughs> <laughs> funny Charlie Blanca. Yeah. Oh, what a piece of shit. <laughs> Glenn, you're up next. Okay, um, I'm going to go for one that it was bad, but like, I think I was more disappointed because... Um, <laughs> I'm not mad at you. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> just disappointed. Because it looked like it was going to be a really cool movie. I mean, the, I remember the trailers looked awesome. They looked like this cool action movie. I wasn't that familiar with the video game very much, but I had heard of it. Um, Mark Wahlberg was in it, and it was called Max Payne. Yeah. Um, I just remember he was doing all these interviews and saying how he played a science teacher, and he's playing all, and he's like, I need to bust some heads. So I really wanted to make this really awesome action movie. And the trailers were awesome, and I remember going to see that movie, and for a big action movie, it was boring as hell. Um, in fact, I really couldn't... I think it might have had something to do with some weird, again, I think another super soldier serum or something that made people crazy. I, I couldn't even tell you. It just... I don't know. It, it did not work in the least. The, the, um, the action scenes weren't that good. Mark Wahlberg wasn't really good in it. Nothing was really memorable about it, so that's what I'm gonna go with that one next. Um, for my second one, uh, I am going to go with. See, so when you have a good initial film, a solid entry into a franchise, good enough to warrant you a sequel, and you put out a sequel called Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and it's god fucking awful. <laughs> um, you deserve to be slapped because Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I don't know. First of all, it got a two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Go you! And it grossed like less than half <laughs> the original box office. It was a mess, and I remember like there it was only came out two years after the first one. Yeah, it just it was it was awful. But like there was like parts of the story where it was like they were like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna show you uh, these different ways to to. To, to win uh, here here's one of them and they never show the other two and you know that you're gonna at least show animality and that it, it just it was this really really weird cobbled together mess of shit and didn't if memory serves some of the main characters get killed in like the first scene yep of the the film and there was the the great recast of Christopher Lambert to to, to what's his face from uh, Dexter. Mm-hmm. Oh. To, to that Dexter's dad. Oh, um. Yeah, I can't think what the guy's name is, but I don't know who you're talking about. Harry. Harry. Yeah, I'm trying. Oh. Crap. Who, oh, I, gotta, I gotta look this up now. Mortal Kombat. I'm going to the MDBA. James Remar. James Remar, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Because you're right, the first one. Um, it probably hasn't aged all that great in the original Mortal Kombat, but it still had some charm to it. It was it was solid. Yeah. I yeah, I didn't I didn't mind it. It, it was, was it, I enjoyed it, yeah. But yeah. they, they it's almost like this one they shoehorned in so much shit. Right. Like Liu Kang is back in it. Yeah, Raiden turned into James Remar. They recast Sonya Blade. Because in the first one wasn't Sonya Blade, um Bridget Wilson. Bridget, yeah, Bridget yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm looking at this cast right now, and I'm just confused as I'll get out. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So I'm going to put one on here that's, I don't want to say controversial, maybe, because um, whether or not it's a movie based on a video game is kind of weird, because the movie's called Ballistic X vs. Sever, 
It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh, God. And what this is, this is a movie, there was an early script of the movie that before the movie came out, they based a video game off of. And it's the first time ever a video game based on a movie has come out before the movie came out. So the Game Boy Advance game, Ballistic Age vs. Sever, actually got released before the movie did. And it's one of the biggest pieces of shit. Oh, it's an awful, awful film. Yeah, I'll remember. Because I was excited to see that. Yeah. I mean, it it just looked like a... I mean, they were both... Like, Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu were both kind of popular at the time. Like, like being in action stuff. And I was like, this... And it was like a spy thing with with the two of them. And it looked like it would be awesome. Right. And it was not. (laughs) That's a a good way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. That's a succinct way of putting it. It was god-awful. Oh, man. I forgot that movie. Uh, oh, that yeah, that was a piece of shit. And you're right. It had the potential to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Because wasn't he... Oh. What are their names? It was X and Seven, X right? And it, was, it, was, it wasn't the letter X. It was E-C- E-C-K-S. It was his... And Tony wasn't he, like, mourning his wife that had passed away, like, 25 years before or something? I don't know. It was... Something like that. He, it was... Yeah, You've blocked like, out a lot of the the pain, so yeah, it was bad. I went through a lot of therapy to get over that, <laughs> and we just opened up. We just opened it up, yeah. Oh, it's my turn now. Your turn. Okay, so um, I'm going to introduce a, a filmmaker by the name of Uve Bowl to this list. Um, I don't know if this will be the last entry of Uve Bowl. He's a shitty, shitty director. All right, and um, I'm going to enter a movie called Blood Rain. Oh, I, I, that's not the one I thought you were going to go for, but I'm sure... R-A-Y-N-E. Um, it starred Kristana Loken, if you remember the... Yep, T-1000. The, the T-1... The, the, the T-X, oh, T-X, I'm sorry. From Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Um, but, I don't know, Uwe Boll, he has this weird way of getting great actors into these weird comic We'll movies. We'll revisit that, I'm sure. But, um, I mean, it was Kristana Loken, Michael Madsen, um, Will Sanderson, if you remember... Um, but then, like, Billy Zane's in it. Was Michelle Rodriguez in it? I don't th- yeah, yeah, she was. Along with Meatloaf and Sir Ben Kingsley. Um, Meatloaf would do anything for love. <laughs> but he, but he, he won't. Even, even, even this movie. Does, yeah. I, I think Kristana Loken played some sort of a vampire human hybrid. And yeah, it's, it's, I think this, this is trying to capitalize on the underworld craze at the yeah. time. Yeah. I think it's relatively think she, around the same time. I think she was kind of a similar, like, to Blade type character. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, somebody raped her mother, and uh, so she was born with some of the, the you know, half a half vampire. But this movie, to say, like, I mean, some, some filmmakers, they get a low budget, and they get creative. Uwe Boll gets a low budget, and he uses it as, a, as an excuse mm-hmm. kind of thing, where these movies just look piss poor, like, something that... You could not even shoot on an iPhone. Like, there are cosplayers that are better at doing exactly. that. Exactly. It's yeah. almost like he's filming a, a LARP kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it's just, it's ba- to, to, to quote uh, Ted, it's, it's basically unwatchable. <laughs> and I think I watched this because when this came out, I thought Christina Loken was very attractive. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I, and I, I think her career kind of went in the toilet because of her... Um, Working with Uve Bowl, and I think she worked with him in a couple of things. But uh, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm gonna see your Uve Bowl, and I'm gonna raise you a Uve Bowl. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm gonna put down, in the name of the king, a Dungeon Siege tale. Oh. Now, good one. I remember this. Uh, us going into this because it was a Statham film, and again, a good cast. We had no idea what to expect. 
and what we watched was a, a god awful shitty mess. Um, you know, he plays a character that's a farmer by the name of Farmer, um, <laughs> and there's a king played by, you know, the late great wonderful uh, Burt Reynolds. And at one particular scene, you can see that Burt Reynolds is injured, and he's got like an Armani T-shirt on, <laughs> <He's got a> t-shirt. <laughs> like underneath his leather jerkin. <laughs> it's like you know, it's just like like Glenn said, UA Bowl is like famous for being. Kate Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we made jokes about the game room. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it was one of those movies where the cast couldn't say no one could really save it. It just had logic errors that were ridiculous. Like you, you did. It was and normally like I, if if there's a couple of logic errors, but the movie's entertaining, you kind of forget about those. That's what like popcorn films are like. This wasn't one of those. It was just such an egregious like slap to your intelligence that you were like, I, I can't, I can't like this. And but Statham again, and, a, and another very popular act, a person at the time. This came out in 2007. Listen to this cast. Yeah. If you're going to see a movie in 2007, it starred Jason Statham. And it's Lily Sobieski, Ron Perlman, John Reese Davis, Claire Ferlani, Matthew Lillard, Ray Liotta, Burt Reynolds. I mean, this is these are some A-list yeah. actors. Does UA Bull like just get dirt on people and like he's he's like Scientology where he Or or has he dabbled in witchcraft? Do you think he's maybe. hypnotizing these actors? Who can say? But his shitty movies deserve to be on this list. I just kind of remember the trailer of, uh, was it Matthew Lillard? And, I am your king! <laughs> like, he looked like he had just done cocaine for a week. <laughs> yeah, that's how he's getting it. <laughs> there you go. A, a whole table of cocaine. That's Maybe that's what Ewe Bull spends the money on. He, he, you have to take all this cocaine before we make this movie. <laughs> and then, oh, oh shit, I ran out of money. Spent it all on the cocaine. <laughs> Hand me that 8mm camera. <laughs> <laughs> Your Ewe Bull impression is right up there with Ryan's uh, the old 1920s <laughs> southern guy. I think we need to make like our own sequel to like Ed Wood of you people blowing money on well, cocaine and not having enough to finish it. I think we need to do an entire episode in characters, but that's you know <laughs> that's a story for another time. John, it's your turn. All right. Is it? I think it's your turn. Right? No, he just did Dungeons. I, I just oh, Dungeons. Yeah. Dungeons. That was you. Never mind. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to do one that I was actually also very excited about because the video game was really cool and I love the actor in it and it was Hitman. Oh, the first thing. Yeah. Timothy Oliphant was in it. I was like, I'm, I was like, this is going to be awesome. I never would have even thought to put him in this role. But, I mean, I love Timothy Oliphant so many things. And then this movie came out, and it just wasn't good at all. You know, I'll say this for Hitman, though, the, at least the first one. It's not like... It's not his fault. It's not his fault, but it's also not as egregious as some of these other films. It's just a forgettable action movie. And I was just... I remember I was really excited about it when it came out. And, um... Yeah, it just because what um who was the the actress she was in Quantum of Solace and she was kind of like the next big thing Olga Kurylenko yeah yeah, yeah well, she was she was in this yeah too. she was love interest or yeah. or the the some whatever very forgettable action movie. yeah yeah Glenn Jimmy it falls to you again falls to me okay um I'm going to all right so I I'll, I'll, I'll mention a good one first. I was pleasantly surprised with a film called Resident Evil. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of the video game franchise, but we went. I remember going to see it, and it was a fun little zombie movie. Um, I thought Mia, Mia Jovovich was 
great action hero, and uh, it was kind of creepy. I thought the first uh, Resident Evil was pretty well done. The second one wasn't bad, but it wasn't as good as the first one, which happens a lot with sequels. However, the third one, the um, proverbial plane has flown into the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about extinction? Yeah. So I'm going to nominate Resident Evil Apocalypse. Um, Apocalypse was the second one. Oh, the third one. Extinction was the third one. Extinction was the third one. Thank you. Um, Yeah. It's really surprising that this is a series of films, though. I don't know how they did this, but, like, no matter how, like, they performed, they still had sequel after sequel for these films. They must have been very inexpensive to make. Uh, It seems that way, because, like, Extinction made $148 million. I think these movies did exceptionally well overseas gotta be it but i just remember extinction like all the things that made the first two movies kind of charming went away and it was they were trying to do i guess a post-apocalyptic thing with this yeah and it just didn't work i remember that that weird villain that was just walking around the desert with an axe throughout the whole thing yeah where's he going what's he doing and eventually he wanted to be mad max but it wasn't that compound and they were trying to i think um pass the torch of the lead actress from Mia Jovovich to, um, what's the girl that was in Heroes? Um, was it... Oh, uh, yeah, Lou Larder. Larder. Yeah. Yeah, and it just, I don't know, it... it, it <laughs> they fumbled the hand off of the, that torch. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it, it just, it, 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 it was bad. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna follow that up. But, okay, so the problem with this one is I remember John and I going to several birthday parties where we would all get together and we passed the Nintendo controller around so that we could play Double Dragon. And I remember the movie coming out. And I, didn't, like, I didn't really know much about the story of Double Dragon. You were going to save your girlfriend like you did in most you know, games. Um, but this movie was, was, you know, was a starring vehicle for you know, popular 90s actor at the time, Scott uh, Wolf. Wolf. Um, and it just, it, it's, a, it's a shitty movie. Uh, there's not much to say about it. Like yeah. it, it's just a bad film. There wasn't much redeemable about it. Yeah, it's. You're right. I, I can't even remember much about it. It's honest. incredibly. Free. I remember more than anything just the ads for it. Yeah. Uh, like they, they, you know, the the big twist in like the first game is that your brother that's you know, trying to that has stolen your girlfriend and is the villain and whatnot. But they like the, they had the, the shadow, was it the shadow king or whatever. At any rate, they. Uh, they did a better cartoon series, I think, than they did this film. The f- and it, yeah, they, they wanted this to be a franchise, and it just wasn't that at all. No, it was pretty bad. Well, I'm going to kind of go back on what Glenn said a few minutes ago, and I also really liked the beginning of the Resident Evil franchise. And I, like you, I thought the second one wasn't as good, but it was it was decent or whatever. And then the third one got awful. And after that, I feel like I might have... We worked at Blockbuster, so we get the free rentals, and I feel like I'd watch them. And then when the last one came around, I was like, you know what? It's the one. It's the final chapter, it's called. I was like, maybe they're going to tie in some stuff from the first one or whatever, and it'll be good. And we actually did go see that in the theater. And I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure it did just continue to go on the downward trajectory <laughs> because it was, it was the worst one that I'd seen so far. It was awful. Which one? What was that one called? The final chapter. It was just the final yeah. chapter. Yeah, and thank God. Was Mia Jovovich still in these? She came, yeah. She was. Well, I think she was back in that one because I think maybe she wasn't in one before it. Okay. And then she, but it was just. Let's find out together. Retribution was the last one before that, and that one. No, she was in that one. Oh, was she? Okay. She was in. Was she in Afterlife? Because that would have been yeah, the she's one. On the yeah. Poster. 
Yeah, she's in I'm all sure of these. Was, well, wasn't she married to the Paul W.S. Anderson I that was directing yeah. the malls? Yeah. That's a good way to get a job. Yeah. There you go. Glenn, it falls to you again. Okay. And I'm looking at this list here. It's a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> so, um, all right. I'll, this is another one, again, wasn't terrible. But um, that seems to be the the low bar we're setting here. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with. I'm trying to think of which one to go with. So Angelina Jolie played Lara Croft in two films. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them were really egregious, but neither one of them were really good. Um, I think I'm gonna go with the second one. I would. The second I would. The second one was life. was not as good as the first. Because the first one, Daniel Craig was in it, and he was actually not that bad, and it was. Um, I mean, it seemed like they were trying. The second, the second one was, um, was the Phantom of the Opera, Jared Butler. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, it was it wasn't bad, but it was okay. But then there's this weird twist at the end where they're after Pandora's box, and I, the Jared Butler. I guess a spoiler for a movie that came out in 2003 that's god awful. But the Gerard Bartlett character, all of a sudden, he's like, well, I'm going to take this and make a yeah. bunch of money with it. And goes like, completely out of character for the rest of the and movie. And it was just sort of like... And she kills him immediately. And she immediately and kills like, him. Okay. And then she's, like, crying about killing this guy. But it was like... They... It, it made no... Like, plot... Wise, and I know we're talking about the plot for a movie called Tomb Raider Cradle of Life. But it's sort of like... We're trying to stop this thing that got opened and it's just this unstoppable virus. And he's like, well, I'm going to take it and go make money. And it didn't make any sense. And you're right, it was completely... I mean, the, the, the character they had built up at this time, as you know, convoluted as this plot was, it was still a plot that, you yeah. know, a, one, two and two still should equal four. Yeah. And it just didn't make any sense. So that's, I'm going to go with The Cradle of Life. I think it definitely killed what could have been a franchise to the point where they had to reboot it in um, 2018. And I will say that one I actually really enjoyed. The one with Alicia Vikander, but um, so yeah, that, I'm not putting that one on this list. Um, I think that I'm going to go with. I just had this here. Um, see, I, you, you took the Tomb Raider out of my mouth. That was going to be the next one. Okay, you know what? We have yet to have a good Street Fighter film, and the proof of that is Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li. I never did see. Um, it's bad. Um, now look, I love Kristen Crook. That was Lana Lang, man. I was all like, yeah, let's give her a film career. Um, Ryan's best friend Chris Klein is in it. Um, it it's a, it's a, it's a bad. It's, it's again, they were trying to basically take the characters from the movie and do like origin stories with them, and then try to rebuild like I, a. Neil McDonough was in it, right? Yeah, I like him. Was he? In he, he was in Bison, yeah. And uh, it's it's just it's oh, a the late Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. Huh. I think he was Balrog. Oh. But yeah, it's it's a it's a mess. It's a it's a bad bad movie and <laughs> I'm just reading the and it features Black Eyed Peas member Taboo as Vega. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just like the people want it. <laughs> Taboo. <laughs> <laughs> and I am from the Matrix. Although that is a good choice. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> wow. 
but yeah, I, I like we get to the point where like we're it, there's not a lot to say about some of these films, and this is one of them. A five percent of Rotten Tomatoes grossed twelve million domestically. Uh, Wow, yeah, it, it actually got twelve million dollars. I'm surprised too. Like, it, it literally, it, I, I wound up renting it if I'm not mistaken. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'll take a look at this. Kristen Crook's cute, and uh, no, no offense because I've met her in person. She's a sweetheart. But yeah, th- this was a uh, this was a bad choice. Yeah, Michael Clark Duncan was Balrog. <laughs> oh Jesus! Your turn, John. So I'm gonna pick one that I honestly don't really remember a whole lot about, other than that I did not like it. And it was when I first started working at the movie theater, Bell Promenade, with you guys. And it was out then, and it was Wing Commander. Yeah. Starring Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard. The only reason that that movie, which by the way they went on to star in Scooby Doo together, they did. It made a much better film. Um, the only reason that that movie made that eleven million dollars was because the Star Wars Episode One Phantom Menace trailer was on it. Because we had people that would buy a ticket. Watch the trailer and then leave. Right, and then because yeah, this was kind of uh, for you kids before YouTube was around, you actually had to go to the theater to see a trailer. Yeah, I remember back then in 1999. I remember my computer science teacher, Mr. Flatley. Shout oh, out to Mr. Yeah. Flatley. Oh, I love Mr. Flatley. He uh, he called me into his office because he had spent he had stayed up all night, or I don't know if he stayed awake all night, but he spent oh, all this. night downloading. The trailer to Star Wars Episode One and burned it onto a CD for me, uh-huh. like when the trailer first came out, because that was dial-up connection. That's why it's hilarious. Because think about how like it was two minutes, yeah, yeah. and it took how long? It took, it took him all night to, to do it. Yeah, I mean now I can look at that. I can watch all of the different trailers and the shorts of it, and you know instantly, instantly. But yeah, but yeah, right, one commander. That's why it made. That's why I made all that money because they 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 were very smartly knew that. Star Wars fans are crazy. I'm yep. included in this. And if you put the trailer in front of anything, they'll go see it. Yep, that's right. And it counts as a ticket sale. So, All right, guys. Well, we got 15 here. We need one more for a full bracket. Uh-oh. Well, some of these are really they're not so, a bunch overly of these awful. I haven't seen. Well, I've, seen I've seen the bulk of these, but there's a couple of them that I just, like... And they're decent, Silent but Hill film or, um, that was actually not bad. The first one wasn't bad. Um, you know which one that I kind of rem- remember being again disappointed just because it was kind of forgettable was and and I think this was because more because it had the potential to be good was Need for Speed. Because hmm. wasn't it like Aaron Paul's first big yeah. thing after Breaking Bad? Yeah, yeah. Alright. Need for Speed on there because it was him and Dominic Cooper. The, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that movie wasn't tremendous, but it was it was very forgettable. Right, and and it could have been really great and had like a fun little franchise. It could have been Fast and the Furious mm-hmm. before yeah. that became what it what it is now. All right, guys. So here we go. We'll go through this kind of quickly because we've already talked about all the movies. But which is the worst of the following between Doom and Resident Evil: The Final Chapter? Ooh, I, I gotta go Doom. I gotta go. I gotta Doom go too. Doom too. Yeah, just, just because Resident Evil. At least it started off good at yeah. the beginning. So, all right. Then we got Super Mario Brothers, the movie, versus Hitman. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, I think I yeah. go with Mario Brothers. That was the bigger disappointment. Yeah. Mortal Kombat Annihilation versus Tomb Raider Two: The Cradle of Life. Mortal Kombat. I think I have to go with Mortal Kombat. As do I. Wow. This is this is a lot easier than, well, than I thought. Of, uh, we kind of talked about them a lot as we were nominating them. All right. 
Ballistic X versus Sever versus Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li. Uh, I've got to go ballistic. Uh, yeah, that that but it, yeah. As controversial as that nomination is, that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Blood Rain versus Wing Commander. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> um. I mean, this might give it. I mean, a kind of a pirate victory to UA Bowl, but I, I think I'm gonna go with Wing Commander. I think I'm going with Blood Rain. Break the tie, John. Hmm. I think I'm gonna go Wing Commander. I'm not mad at. A movie that solely on the basis of its trailers. <laughs> had some sort of revenue. So here we go. We got In the Name of the King, The Dungeon Siege Tale versus Need for Speed. In the Name of the King. Yeah. I, I, Need for Speed is not as atrocious. It's more forgettable. Right. The other one's bad. All right. The original Street Fighter versus Resident Evil Extinction. Street Fighter. Yeah. I think as a representation of the game, it's just far... It, Again, I think I think I might have actually gone with Resident Evil just because all these years later, Street Fighter, it's getting to be more of a tongue-in-cheek, kind of a fun, yeah. bad movie. Which, I, but it's I, also a lot like Showgirls. That I, wasn't the I intent. Had, and it, like I could sit down and if I watch both of these right now, I'd have fun watching Street Fighter. There's no fun to be had in Resident Evil. But um, I, I mean, I understand they're both bad. Yeah. Okay. So Street Fighter moves on. Yeah. So we got Max Payne versus Double Dragon. I gotta get double yeah, Double Dragon. Yeah. Max Payne wasn't good, but it wasn't that bad. Alright. Alright. Doom versus Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh. I gotta go I gotta go Doom. I gotta go Doom too. I think I gotta go Doom. Alright. Doom is like a wholly bad piece of shit. Mortal Kombat at least like was riffing off of a previous I don't know. Go on. No, I mean you're not wrong. It's yeah. This next one's hard. Super Mario Brothers movie versus Ballistic X versus Sever. It's not hard for me. It's Ballistic X versus <laughs> Again, and Mario Brothers is awful, awful, but it's almost getting... It's not quite to the part where Street Fighter is, where... I know what you mean. And honestly, like I'll, I'll agree with you. There was nostalgia points that were hit for me, even though it's a shitty movie, with like, oh, I'm seeing this stuff on screen. There's elements that it got right. Uh, Ballistic X versus Sever, like, that was a chore to get through. Alright, Ballistic X versus Sever moves on. Wing Commander versus the original Street Fighter. Hmm. Again, I think I'm gonna go Wing Commander. I'm gonna go I, with, yeah, you're I'll go with Wing Commander, Wing Commander, too, yeah. Yeah, like you said, I could have fun now watching Street Fighter. I wouldn't have fun watching Wing Commander. Alright. In the Name of the King versus Double Dragon. I gotta go with the name of the king. Double Dragon was bad, but I mean, Jesus, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. And the name of the king's almost. Uh, it's offensive. Yeah. It's offensive in its badness. I mean, it's all, it's a punchline. Yeah. Mean, all right. Doom versus Wing Commander. Doom. 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 And this is this, star- is this is going in a, not the way I thought and, it would. And, 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 and I mean, Doom stars possible future presidential candidate yeah. Dwayne Johnson. All right, Ballistic X versus Sever versus In the Name of the King. This Ooh. is tough. Oh, this is tough. These are both offensive. Yeah. Oh. I gotta go with In the Name of the King. 
I'm I'm going I'm 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 there's a little pong match in my brain. Oh, I, no, I I know. I I it's basically flip a flip a coin and you'll get to where you need I mean, to be. I mean, it's pretty much the the hell scene from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey where you get to choose your your Yeah, turn. yeah. Um this is why this was a good idea. Yeah. I'm going to use the thing that I said before about Ballistic Express everywhere. It could be controversial because technically it was the game based on the script or whatever, so I'll pick in the name of the king. Okay. Because, I mean, they're both just equally horrendous. In the name of the king. All right. Doom versus In the Name of the King, a dungeon siege tale. This is the final? or it's the final. I did not expect this. Look, I got to tell you, as much as I hate UA Bowl, though, like... Doom, I remember like sitting there watching this, and this it's an offensive film based on this. But I remember sitting there watching this going, I want to just pause this. I would have much more fun taking an actual shit than finishing this movie. It was it was awful. And then they had, remember they had the whole sequence where they tried to make it like the game? Yes. It just made me nauseous. Oh, when it went to like first person? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got to go with Doom. Hmm. You going? I'm, I think I'm going Doom. That's the, again. That's the only movie when I was a, a film critic that I can. I might have given another one. I'm not sure, but it's the main one I remember ever giving an F to. I'll let it. I'll let it Cause, sleep. Because I couldn't think of a single redeeming thing about it. Now look, you've done much better, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but don't ever do that shit again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Can we agree on that? Thank you. And now it is time to nominate this week's awesome villager. Gentlemen, who are your nominees and why? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> For his work in Doom. Um, trying to think what, I've, I've been so wrapped up in this video game thing, I forgot what I've even seen this week and what's happened this week. I'm going to nominate John Stamos. Um, I thought the, um, the the pilot of his new show on Disney+, Plus, the, um, the Big Shot, which now I will forever sing the Billy Joel song. Yeah. Um, he was just very charming, and I've always liked his. I've followed his career. I mean, I, I I was not a fan of Fuller House, but he really wasn't in that much. But I liked him on ER. I liked him on Full House. I he did a. Um, Those Oikos commercials are awesome. Yeah, he did a very short-lived television show. I think it was called Thieves. He did it with Melissa George. Oh, I that, I, that. that I really liked. Um, but. I don't know. I've always found him extremely charming. He doesn't seem to age, so yeah. that that Greek yogurt must be he's pumping a, through his veins. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go with old he's a good looking man. It's those those active he, bacterial cultures. He is, he is a handsome gentleman. He is. Um, I'm gonna go with Wyatt Russell. This this week, especially in uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, I mean, the uh, it wasn't the action stuff as much. It was the uh, just the the whole scene with the, the, the hearing, the character stuff, yeah. the character stuff with the hearing, and then um, when he went to meet with the parents of the you know the person oh, who was killed, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, I mean he just he showed some some range that I've never seen Wyatt Russell show before. Because I mean I've seen Wyatt Russell in a few things, but it's usually twenty two jump street, twenty two jump street, you know, just kind of silly things like that. But I mean in this, yeah, he was very good in this. He reminded me of his dad in certain scenes when he was, especially when he was yelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and nominate Robert Kirkman, uh, creator of The Walking Dead and creator of Invincible. I think uh, he, he, first of all, he's a very funny guy. You've seen that on on you know The Talking Dead. Um, but I, I, I like the way that he tells stories. I, he he's got an interesting mind. Even like w- w- random concepts, I know in his hands, I'll but like I'll give this a chance. 
he had a comic called Oblivion Song that he released uh, recently that was like, oh, cool, yeah, I'll be all over that. Um, yeah, I, I really, it's really exciting to see this show uh, become a thing, and you don't get that without him. You don't get The Walking Dead without him. So. All right. If you have to vote for someone I, other I than your seen own. I haven't either one of their projects, so I'm going to vote for John Stamos based on solely that I want to hang out with John Stamos. Because so, he's going to get <laughs> and as, and, on the show. And as, yeah, exactly. And as the rules state, they must appear, even though none of they them have. Yeah. Well, Todd Berger appeared. That, that's true. He did, yes. He did. Um, I, I was going to go with Wyatt Russell. So you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Stamos for the reasons that John mentioned. But also, like, I, just based on his star power alone, I would watch that show, even if I didn't think the trailer was yeah. good. And plus, did you see on Instagram, he took a picture with a bunch of the cast from his house, and he purchased a one of the cars from a Dumbo ride at Disneyland, or when, it, no. when he commissioned it. So he has a, a one of the cars, like the Dumbo cars from Disneyland, in his like his foyer. Um, and just a quick show note: uh, I happened to open the the Cheap Charts app, which if you don't have it, basically goes through iTunes and finds all the deals on films. Currently, there is a deal on video game movies oh. for five dollars, and the majority of the films we talked about today are on <laughs> this sale. So, if you're so, looking for things to not spend your money on, <laughs> right? If if you want to, you know, spend five dollars to see something shitty. This is the place. I or might actually could, buy Street Fighter. Or you could spend your $5 on an awesome um, Chalupa box from Taco yeah. Bell. Oh, that is very true. Yeah, you know what? Fuck the movie. Get the Chalupa box. <laughs> and then what the, the smell that comes out of you after the Chalupa box is going to be better than what's in that movie. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I actually have Street Fighter on DVD. I got it in a Jean-Claude Van Damme four-pack. Well, I mean, to relate our... Is it hard to argue, is it? Yeah, it was hard target. Tom Cop? Yeah, it was Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had the four pack. We watched them all. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this to unite our Taco Bell conversation with our video game conversation. The Taco Bell that, that Heather and I go to a lot of the time, there's a worker there that we've started to refer to as Sonic because I don't know what's happening with her, but she's like super, super fast. And like when you go to the, you'll know that it's her working the window because when you go there, she's like, take your order, please. <laughs> And it's like one word, but it's it, it's the weirdest thing. And then like when you go to the window, it's almost like she's afraid of your card. I go to hand her my credit card. She's like, Pfft. if you bump into her, a bunch of rings go flying. No, uh, but you do have to pay in chaos emeralds. Oh. So, <laughs> but yeah. So guys, this has been another exciting week, Sans Putty. But we uh we can't wait to have him back. Yeah. Um, remember, there are many places to find us. There's Anchor Podcast, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and a host of other platforms, including our website where you can listen to us and we get kinds, all kinds of wonderful credit for us. Please let us know. I, th- I know there's a, a friend of ours, Carl Fink, that uh, is out there that loves video games. Carl, did we decide this correctly? I, I think Carl's going to disagree because I'm pretty sure Carl really does like the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. I, I remember he made a post a while back where he was defending it. And, you know, to each his own. Carl's I, we need to bring Carl on to, to, to correct us. It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. So uh, we were going to see you guys next week. This has been Greg. Glenn. And John. Take care of yourselves out there.